You're listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, where reporters and journalists go on the record about how they use the Internet to cover the news. For the latest trends, tips, and tactics on how the web shapes popular opinion, subscribe to our RSS news feed or visit us online at www.ipressroom.com. Andy Gilman, president and CEO of Comcore Consulting Group, goes on the record online about the art of the soundbite at the PRSA International Conference 2008 in Detroit. The unit of information is going to, can be delivered in 25 or 30 seconds. What gets quoted on air or on paper is probably three to five or six seconds. Okay, this is your quintessential episode on the art of the soundbite. You're interested in soundbites? You want to know how long your soundbite should be? You want to know how to make a winning soundbite? This is your episode. This is the soundbite podcast guide. It's a one-on-one interview with Andy Gilman. He is a president and CEO of Comcore Consulting Group. He has also written a number of books about soundbites. And uh, I had a, a discussion with him at the PRSA International Conference 2008 in Detroit, where I am right now recording. You can hear the people in the background. It's uh, pretty exciting. A lot of people here, networking, rubbing elbows, buying books, visiting the different exhibitors who are displaying their wares here. And um, I had a chance to talk to Andy about, uh, well, he, t- he talked to me about the history of the soundbite, how the soundbite came to be. Uh, he also talked about what makes a winning soundbite. And he also told me why a good soundbite is more than just spin. We're going to play it for you in its entirety after this. Hi, this is Chris Bechtel, and I'm the Vice President of Products and Services with iPressroom. As part of a new segment we're testing here called What You Can Do with iPressroom. In each episode, we're going to highlight one practical use of the iPressroom media platform. Today, we're talking about one of our core offerings, the online pressroom. Using iPressroom's media platform content management system, non-technical communications pros can easily upload, manage, measure, and distribute their content in a full-featured, branded online pressroom. See pressroom.target.com for an example. The same is available on a smaller scale as well for nonprofits, smaller organizations, and mid-sized companies. If you'd like to learn more, feel free to email us questions to info at ipressroom.com or visit us on the web at www.ipressroom.com slash demo. Andy Gilman, president and CEO of Comcore Consulting Group. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh, we are the official podcast of the PRSA International Conference in Detroit 2008 this year. And uh, you have been presenting a master's class on sticky messages. Sticky messages, soundbite, key messages, memorable messages, whatever name you want to call it, it's what tends to get quoted, what tends to get remembered. It's the pull quote in an article. So let me ask you a question. Are you a spin doctor? See, I have, Eric, I have this background in both PR and law. And so in PR, we call it spin, yet the French word for lawyer is advocate. And I think it's our job to take the facts and put them in the best possible light. So I won't even use that word. 
So you do think it's it's our job to always put the facts in the best possible light? Yeah, you have to understand the tough questions. So that's why when you talk about sticky messages, it could be because you're introducing a product and you've got a great example to demonstrate it and that's what the reporter or the customer or the consumer wants to read, see, or hear. Or it, it could also be in response to a tough question where you've been credible in the answer, you can still get to your key messages. So the, the, the trick in communicating is knowing what those messages are in advance. That's why we're doing the class. They don't come. You have to prepare them in advance. Best soundbite ever. I'm still waiting for it. But we just came out of the political season. So the best soundbite in the election cycle we ever remember was when Senator Lloyd Benson from Texas said to VP Dan Quayle, I knew Jack Kennedy, you're no Jack Kennedy. Jack, excuse me, you're, I, Jack Kennedy was a friend of mine, you're no Jack Kennedy. Right. What was remarkable about it, and again, there's this book out that everybody likes to talk about called Sticky Messages, and, and those authors do a, a breakdown what makes things sticky, what makes things memorable. It has to be unique, it has to be concrete, it's gotta have some facts behind it, it's gotta be emotional. And that was surprising, it was concrete, it was visual. I, I, we have tons of examples over the years, and again, at PRSA, we're talking about more the corporate association, organizational world. Here's one that's pretty contemporary. GM has been hosting this conference, and one of their future products is the hydrogen-powered vehicle, fuel cell vehicle. So here's a key question they're getting, which leads to a soundbite. Fact. Right now, it only has a range of 160 miles. That's a fact. What does that mean? So what? And you could tell me, well, actually that means only 80 out and 80 back because there aren't a lot of filling stations. Or you could visualize, that, visualize it by saying, that's about as far as a cab driver in New York City drives in an eight-hour shift. Oh, that sounds like a pretty big distance. But they didn't come up with it on the spot. They had to think through what's the range, what's the equivalent, or if you're from LA, Eric, so maybe it'd be the difference from going downtown, down to Long Beach, and back in rush hour traffic. That creates the visual, and it, you just have to work at them. So what's the best soundbite you've ever come up with? Oh, I believe it goes back to, and the kids won't recognize this, because actually, there were phones before cell phones. And so years ago, the, the, I remember it was um, the predecessor to Verizon, Bell Atlantic, we were working with them, coming up with an analogy for caller ID. Now everybody knows because it's all on our cell phones, we know what it is here. But trying to explain it, on the Today Show, what was caller ID, and we came up in advance, caller ID is like having a peephole in your front door. You can see who's knocking on your door, now you can see who's calling you. Why was that so memorable? Why was that such a great soundbite? One, because it was used on the Today Show. Oh yeah, got it, I know what that is. It then became the soundbite used by every single local company. So the San Francisco Chronicle did not care that it was in the Philadelphia Inquirer. It was then used by an executive who had to testify in Congress. And it was also used in advertising. So every once in a while you come up with these special ones and they tend to last and, 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 that, and, and that, that was one that I really remember. Isn't that spin? I mean, that is, that's message control, right? Is I mean, the Bible spin? The Bible is a series of stories that lead us to general conclusions. So it's the art of storytelling, the art of making things visual, but it does require a discipline of having the concrete. Again, in the class I was giving an example. 
And some of this has to do with perception. One of the examples I gave, it's a couple years old, but it's still relevant. GM, like any other car company, would like to say that we're building cars and trucks, and we listen to the voice of the customer in our designs. Boring, because everybody else is doing that. And you might say, in these days of higher fuel economy, we're building sedans with more flexible doors in the back seats, so you don't have to buy an SUV or a pickup that doesn't get as good mileage. And you could give me lots of specifics, fold-down seats. Well, one of the facts is, a couple of years ago, we have now increased the door angle opening from 75 degrees to 82 degrees. An engineer is very proud of that. And you say, so what? Who cares? Whiffum is one of the standard phrases in messaging, which is, what's in it for me? And you could say, okay, let me tell you. That solves the Best Buy parking lot computer box litter problem. And you're sitting there, you're saying, huh? We say, you know, you go to Best Buy, you need to buy a new computer flat screen monitor, it usually has a box in it, and you bring it out the parking lot and you only have is a sedan, you can't get it in, so the, park, the box isn't there. Now the door opens wider, so you're creating that story that backs up the proof point. Specs plus stories. So when you're coming up with a soundbite, do you test your messages first, or do you just sort of go from the gut? How, how, do you, how do you know before you go national that you got the right bite? That's a really good point. If you have the time, you should test it. If you have the time, run a focus group. I'll give you an example. It was a few years ago in uh, California. Governor Schwarzenegger was trying to get rid of the defined benefit contribution plan for state employees. He said, I want everybody to have a 401k. So the police, the firemen, the teachers, the uh, state workers were not happy with that. So they came out with the message, you can't do this to us. That was their standard message. We have contracts. Well, the public didn't respond to that message when it was tested. They did respond to another emotional visual message, and that was when they started putting this message out. They realized that if you were a widow of a policeman or a fireman, you wouldn't get your death and disability benefits. That message they tested with focus groups. And it's pretty obvious that would be a resonating message, but in fact, that's the one they went out with. When they went out that message, did lots of interviews with it, did some advertising with it, the Schwarzenegger initiative was over with. He realized he had to back off that that was not going to work. So if you have time, you want to test it. I'm a big fan of uh, Wired Magazine. Love it. I mean, it's one of my, it's probably definitely for, for uh, magazines that track the social economy, definitely my favorite one. And uh, cover story, I want to say June, yeah. was uh, the end of science. And it was this whole feature story about how the idea of, of theories, which is what science is all about, is dead now because you have hard data, hard research. You no longer need to go out with some sort of theory of what will work. You can look at the data on what does work. Um, do, do you see data and, uh, and the ability to get your arms around a wider breadth and depth of, of, of information on the web as, as potentially changing the way sound bites get developed? Yes and no. Again, it starts with the concrete. You need data. If I'm a pharmaceutical company producing a new drug, I need to have that double-blind placebo-controlled study to prove to the FDA that this drug will work, that it's safe, and it's effective. And if I'm communicating peer-to-peer -peer with scientists, then that's what they want to hear. On the other hand, if I'm com 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 um, communicating with patients, 
I need to be able to explain to them in terms they understand. So it might be, I'm the testimonial, which could be a soundbite. I'm the patient whose blood pressure is down 10% because I took this medicine. It might be the analogy I remember a doctor using when he was talking about um, a diabetes medicine and how it dealt with a very complicated subject called insulin resistance. And he said, well, insulin resistance, that's like having a gum in front of the ignition switch of the car. You can't get the key in to turn the engine over so the body uses its own insulin. That's not the way the medicine works on a cellular or molecular level, but it does pass the what I'll call the Hay-Marge test of something, an analogy that people can relate to, and then maybe when they go to the doctor, they might say, hey doc, I heard about this new medicine. Can you tell me a little bit about it? So you, you, good soundbite doesn't just get tossed aside, it gets remembered. Facts are critical, but it's when you marry the two that I think you've really got it. How long is the perfect soundbite? Probably the unit of information is going to, can be delivered in 25 or 30 seconds. What gets quoted on air or on paper is probably three to five or six seconds. So you need to build the whole unit, but when you edit out, that's what gets left. An example, recent New York Times article talking about driving while texting. Okay, we all kind of know what it is. Now first, we, it's no longer good to drive without an earpiece in. Now it's gonna become illegal to be texting. Not even when you're stopped at the red light is gonna be kosher. Well, I knew it. I was a reporter. I would have used the same soundbite. There was a professor from uh, some place in California who said, driving while texting decreases IQ by 10 points. So I said that, Eric, in probably three or four seconds. That's a good soundbite when you actually capture it. It's with a whole unit of information would be driving while texting is a problem. Here is some information that backs up some recent studies on the number of accidents. Here is some other third party stuff. But it's that what gets quoted tends to be pretty short. You mentioned the New York Times and obviously uh, what's so great about a a paper like the Times, or the Journal for that matter, is that you get disparate points of view um, and uh, you're, a, you're able to sort of draw your own conclusion based on all these subtle nuances and, uh, and, and competing uh, points of view. So at the end of the day, do, do you feel guilty about oversimplifying things, that maybe we're actually dumbing down uh, our, our, our nation with the soundbite? No, because people need explanations. It depends on your audience. And again, I do think people ought to read peer-reviewed stuff. I do believe that people should read in the depths of the facts. The reality is, though, you need to have grab people's attention. And what I think also our media allows us to do, you may deliver the soundbite, but I think it's also incumbent upon you, if you want more information, go visit my website or go visit this link so you can get the information. So I do believe you can actually, with the web and the new media, you have the ability to deliver in short bursts, grab somebody's attention, but also give them many more places they can go rather quickly to get that information. So in terms of uh, sort of succumbing to the business of media, you know, packaging the, the soundbite in this short, succinct statement that's gonna have legs and be sticky and be repeated, what are the dangers of that from, a, from the standpoint of media and democracy? Well, first, I mean, I tend to represent clients, so I say to them, think before you speak. And every once in a while, a great soundbite is not always good for your side. I'll go back to politics. Way back when, one of the great or bad soundbites of all times was when Richard Nixon said, I am not a crook, if you remember that one. 
Al Haig saying, I am in command. In the recent election, when Joe Biden came out and sort of talked about we're going to be challenged, all those things are mission are accomplished. Mission accomplished, another great one, sure. And so those become sound bites that require a lot of explanation to get out around. Oh, I didn't really mean that. Here's what we meant. So you need to go back and effect. Um, we do live in that soundbite world. So my advice to people is think before you speak. As much as we think about new media, it goes back to, do I have something to say? Have I thought about it in advance? And have I prepared? Again, I'm not going to go into court with my client and say, oh yeah, go ahead and confess. Just because a reporter asks you a question, you have to answer as if you're back in grammar school and you're going to get a failing grade on the, on the class. It's up to you to advocate for your interests effectively. So, um... You are a specialist at and a master of the soundbite. That's your niche. Uh, who are your gurus? And and for those people who wanted to maybe get a book or two about uh, uh, how to understand the world that you work in better, recommended reading list. I'll plug shamelessly my book called Get to the Point. We also have on our website, comcoreconsulting.com, we now are putting up sticky message of the month. So we're adding that uh, to what we do. So that's one example. I, I believe the book uh, Made to Stick uh, is a quite a good one to talk about how to create effective messages. Those are a couple of sources people can go. Any of the political pollsters that you think are interesting? Well, this, on both sides, you've got Frank Luntz on the Republican side, and you've got uh, Ger Gerald Lakoff on the left side. Um, are, are two really good, and they all talk about words and language, and their word is framing the debate. And I believe, again, it's your right to frame it the way you want to. I'm going to go back, give one more example, because I think that's the way people learn. It was maybe 